Hare Krishna, today we are so fortunate to have his place Vrindas Prabhu from Michigan and Prabhuji will enlighten us on topic Srimad Bhagavatam 6.3.19 6.3.19 Thank you so much Prabhuji, please stay for us for now Hare Krishna, thank you very much for giving me this opportunity to speak on Srimad Bhagavatam for my own purification Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Narayanam Namakritya Naram Chaiva Narotamam Devim Saraswatim Vyasam Tatojayam Udhirai Nashta Prayeshu Abhadreshu Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya Bhagavate Uttama Shloke Bhakti Bhavati Naishtiki So we are reading from Canto 6, Chapter 3, Text Number 19. This chapter is entitled uh, Yamaraj Instruct His Messengers. So, text number 19 Dharmam tu sakshat bhagvat pranitam nave vidurishayo nat api devaha nasidhya mukhya asura manushya kutona vidyadhara charanadhaya. Translation by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Srila Prabhupada. The real religious principles are enacted by the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Although fully situated in the mode of goodness, even the great rishis who occupy the topmost planets cannot ascertain the real religious principles, nor can the demigods or the leaders of Siddha Loka to say nothing of the asuras, ordinary human beings, vidyadharas and charanas. Reports by Srila Prabhupada, Srila Prabhupada Kija. When challenged by Vishnu Dutas to describe the principles of religion, the Yamaduta said, Veda Parahanito Dharma. The religious principles are the principles enacted in the Vedic literature. They did not know, however, that the Vedic literature contains ritualistic ceremonies that are not transcendental but are meant to keep peace and order among materialistic persons in the material world. Real religious principles are nistraigunya, above the three modes of material nature or transcendental. The Yamadutas did not know these transcendental religious principles and therefore when prevented from arresting Ajamila, they were surprised. Materialistic persons who attach all their faith to the Vedic rituals are described in Bhagavad Gita 2.42 wherein Krishna says, Veda Vadarataha Partha Nanyad Asiti Vadinaha. The supposed followers of the Vedas say that there is nothing beyond the Vedic ceremonies. Indeed, there is a group of men in India who are very fond of Vedic rituals, not understanding the meaning of these rituals, which are intended to elevate one gradually to the transcendental platform of knowing Krishna. Vedesya Sarvera Hameva Vedyo. 
those who do not know this principle but who simply attach their faith to the vedic rituals are called vedavadarataha herein it is stated that the real religious principles is that which is given by the supreme personality of godhead that principle is stated in bhagavad gita sarva dharman parityajya mam ekam sharanam vraja one should give up all other duties and surrender unto the lotus feet of krishna that is the real religious principle everyone should follow even though one follows vedic scriptures one may not know this transcendental principle for it is not known to everyone to say nothing of human beings even the demigods in the upper planetary system are unaware of it this transcendental religious principle must be understood from the supreme personality of godhead directly or from his special representative as stated in the next verses ओमज्ञानतिमिरांधस्यज्ञानांजनशलाकया नमो विष्णुपादा भूतले श्रीमते भक्तिवेदास्वामी नामिने नमस्ते सारस्वती देवी गौरवाणी प्रचारिणे निर्विशेषा शून्यवादी पाश्चात्यदेशतारिणे नमो महावेदन्याय कृष्ण प्रेम प्रधायते कृष्णाय कृष्णचैतन्याने गौरहतिषे नम पंचतत्वात्मक कृष्ण भक्तस्वक भक्तवतारम भक्ताक्षम नमा भक्तशक्ति हे कृष्णकुणा सिंधु दीनबंधु जगत्पते गोपेश गोपिका कामोस्तुते सप्तकांचन गौरांगी राधे वृंदवनेश्वरी वृषभानुसुते देवी प्रणमा हरि प्रि वाचाकलपतृभ्य कृपा सिंधुभ्य पतीताभ्यो वैष्णवेभ्यो नमो नम जय श्रीकृष्णचैतन्याभूनिंदवैतगदाधिवासादिगौरभक्तवृंद हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा कृष्ण कृष्णा हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे reading the translation one more time real religious principles are enacted by the supreme personality of godhead although fully situated in the mode of goodness even the great rishis who occupy the topmost planets cannot ascertain the real religious principles nor can the demigods or the leaders of siddha loka to say nothing of asuras ordinary human beings the vidyadharas and charanas Yeah, so this topic is going on the discussion between yamaraj and his messengers yamadutas 
after yamadutas returned empty handed they were not able to take the soul of ajamila so little background for somebody who may not know the whole um, description here in connectivity so ajamila he was originally a brahmana from his childhood practicing some of the vedic rituals helping his father performing some of the puja and in his youth he was distracted by seeing a shudra and shudrani embracing and kissing each other and in that way his mind was distracted and he started visualizing that scene in front of him and he got the desire to act in that way so he fell down from his position as a brahmana he stopped performing all his ritualistic performances what he was doing he kicked out his parents from home he kicked out his wife and he brought the prostitute and started living with the prostitute produced many children through her engaged in all sort of abominable activities sinful activities gambling and intoxication and stealing from others so in that way his whole consciousness was contaminated and towards the fey end of his life the yamadutas arrived to drag out the soul from ajamila's body at that time seeing the yamadutas ajamila was very afraid and he started calling out the name of his younger son which happened to be narayana because earlier ajamila was performing his gamnical duties so he had some sukriti and out of that sukriti he somehow named his younger son as narayana and he was very attached to narayan calling out to narayan narayan come sit narayan come eat narayan come drink milk narayan go to bed so in that way he is calling out the name of narayan and when this yamadutas came seeing the fearful faces of yamadutas ajamila was so afraid and he out of fear he called out his son narayan for help and as soon as he called out the name of narayan vishnu dutas also arrived there and they saved ajamila there was a debate between vishnu dutas and yamadutas yamadutas wanted to drag out ajamila's soul saying he is a very sinful person he need to be punished in the hells and vishnu dutas were saying no he has chanted the name of narayan so he has been relieved from all his sinful reaction so this debate went on and finally yamadutas had to return empty handed and as they arrived back in front of yamaraj yamadutas told yamaraj what all has happened and they were questioning see as per the vedic scriptures vedic literature somebody who has performed in performed so many sinful activities he need to be punished and we were doing our duty but we were checked by these vishnu dutas how is that and why is that we thought you are the supreme controller and we are the ser- servants of the supreme controllers so who are these vishnu dutas who stopped us from doing our duty because here what has happened is yamadutas they were going by the outwardly vedic principles which 
primarily talk about the karmakanda ritual somebody has performed some sinful activities there is a process of atonement also and ultimately one has to suffer based on their sinful reaction so they were not able to understand why vishnu dutas saved ajamila so they questioned yamaraj and after that yamaraj is speaking to his representatives about the confidential principles of vedic literature because yamaduta said we thought we are serving the supreme controller we don't want to be the servant of a firefly firefly means somebody who is whose influence does not take place who is very insignificant but you are the supreme controller you are the uh, the controller to award and punish somebody's karmic reaction so at that time yamaduta is speaking to his representative that even though somebody may think yamaraj or even dhamma or shiva or other demigods like indra chandra varuna to be the controllers but ultimately we are all not the supreme controllers we are the servant of the supreme lord the supreme lord controls everybody and yamaraj quotes one analogy like the the farmer who may control the bull through the rope through his nose so same way the supreme lord he controls everybody all the living entities all the demigods the great great sages they are freed from the influence of mode of passion and ignorance but even though they are situated in mode of goodness still they cannot understand the conclusions of vedic literature and what to speak of all other ordinary living entities what to speak of human beings at the gandharvas the chanaras so we have to understand the purpose of vedic literature is to ultimately understand the supreme lord bhagavad gita 15.15 lord krishna says vedesya sarver aham eva vedyo the purpose of vedic literature is to know me and ultimate goal of vedic literature is to understand krishna and to develop our relationship with krishna and go back to krishna even though in the vedic literature the maximum part of the vedic literature is focused on karma kanda activities which is how to become happy within this material world how to stay peaceful within this material world by following the law and order of this material world that's why in bhagavad gita as propal is quoting in the purport it says the people who follow these vedic principles sometimes they are referred as vedavadarata because they just blindly follow the vedic principles some different karma kanda rituals without understanding the real intent behind them they perform so many vedic ceremonies perform people are still performing in the age of kali yuga some of the sacrifices as bali pratha and all which is not recommended at all in kali yuga right there is various instruction given in vedic literature which apply based on the time place and circumstances but people without understanding that they just blindly follow some of the vedic rituals 
so those people are known as vedavadarata but ultimate purpose of vedic literature is to know krishna to understand krishna and develop our relationship with krishna so that's why beyond the vedic literature when vyasadev is compiling all the vedic literature he is still not satisfied after compiling all the other puranas and in that state when narad muni approached there in the ashram of vedavyas narad muni chastised his disciples that what have you done you have compiled all these puranas and those are also mostly filled with karm kanda rituals and people of this world they are anyways filled with so many material desires so you are like putting the ghee in the fire you should have propounded the essence of all the vedic literature which is to perform bhakti at the lotus feet of the supreme lord so in after getting instructions from narad muni finally vyasadev composed the shrimad bhagavatam and we know in shrimad bhagavatam even though it talks about 10 topics of shrimad bhagavatam in second canto of bhagavatam but ultimately there are three things mentioned in bhagavatam bhagwan bhakt and bhakti the supreme lord the devotee and the process of devotional service so in the beginning of shrimad bhagavatam what does it say is dharma projita ketvatra paramo after rejecting all the lower dharma the ketva dharma the cheating dharma this bhagavat puran propounds the highest dharma which is to perform devotional service at the lotus feet of the lord and in that way when the bhagavatam opens then the first chapter of bhagavatam starts the sages of nameshwaranya they are asking questions to sutta goswami and six questions are asked by sages of nameshwaranya to sutta goswami and the very first question is what is the absolute and ultimate good for people in general they are asking in this kali yuga where the people are going to be very short lived their memories are short they are quarrelsome they are lazy they are misguided so in this age of kaliyuga tell us something what is absolute and ultimate good for people in general it's not talking about what is relative good or for a particular class of people it's asking what is absolute good because sometimes people may think oh right now in this particular situation what is good for me is to take this job or that job what is good for me is to eat this type of food or that type of food so it's not based on particular time place it's absolute good for everybody and not for a particular class of people or what is good for hindus what is good for indians for everybody it applies to the whole populace so that is the question asked by sutta goswami to sutta goswami to understand the essence of all the vedic literature and these days we see in kaliyuga especially the religion the religious practice is going down and down right even though we may say oh these days there is so much of preaching activities going on there are so many kathas are going on how can we say the religious practices are going down just look at the situation of the temples look at the situation of all the places of worship how many people really come to temples these days right earlier there was at least 
part of cultural practice it was there people in the morning or in the evening they will go to their some neighborhood temple to visit the temple do some service there do some puja there these days how many people really go to temples even once a week is a challenge so why this religious practice is going down these days because what was the purpose of people going to temples earlier they were not going for the sake of pleasing the supreme lord or serving the lord or even for any other devi devata they were going for getting some benefits and they are approaching the devi devatas they are approaching the supreme lord just for their material benefits so that they can stay happy in this world they can stay peaceful in this world and enjoy that's why the prayer what do what do people generally saying sukh sampatti ghar aave kasht mite tanaka all we want is we want some opulences in our life and we want freedom from misery freedom from problems so that was the purpose of people going to devi devatas or going to the supreme lord visiting the temples now in this modern world there is so much of technological advancement and all this technological advancement is promoting material enjoyment hey you want material enjoyment here you will get the material enjoyment quickly by following all this material technology all these gadgets somebody need some release from some bodily discomfort okay take this medicine and it promises right doctor promises okay 3 days 3 times a day you take this medicine and you will be relieved from all your problem so there is so much of promise given from release of discomfort release of misery from this world and promoting enjoyment so when this all that those needs are getting fulfilled by so called material material advancement then people don't feel the need to go to temples anymore because their purpose of going to temple was enjoyment and freedom from misery and people are not understanding what is the real purpose of going to temples right so that's why these days people think what is the need of religion what is the need of any spiritual practice that is an unfortunate situation because ultimately we need to understand the purpose of human life what is the purpose of human life is to understand who we are why we are here in this material world why we are suffering even though we want to enjoy why the sufferings are being imposed upon me who is the controller behind everything what is my relationship with that controller how i can develop that relationship so those are the kind of inquiries one should be making that's why the vedanta sutra it starts from athato brahma jigyasa now therefore you should inquire therefore why now because you have got this human form of life athato brahma jigyasa therefore you should inquire so this human life is a fat gift given to us fat fat means f is facility human body is a facility given to us right we have some ability given to us a is ability we have some mental ability some intellectual ability only in human form of life we have the capacity to inquire so this ability has been given to us and then t some time is given to us we may not know how much time we have 
Parikshit Maharaj was told, you have only seven days left. So Parikshit Maharaj gave up everything, he renounced everything, came to the banks of Ganges and inquired from the sages. And at that time, Shukdev Goswami appeared there. So Parikshit Maharaj utilized those seven days. We may not know how much time we have left. If somebody gets a disease, some chronic disease, doctor may give some rough estimate, oh, this person has six more months left. He may not live beyond that. But after knowing that also, how many people really give up their materialistic activities, their enjoyment propensities, and surrender at the lotus feet of the Lord? At that state also, people try to prolong their life. That If doctor can add another few months into my life, I can still enjoy a little bit more. Or people think, okay, now I have only six months left. Let me enjoy as much as I can. Because ultimately, this life is the only life. So not having the right understanding, people waste their time. So we have been given some valuable time in this human form of life, which we should utilize to understand the Supreme Lord. We should understand what is the essence of all the Vedic literature. The most important purpose is developing love for Krishna. And how we can do that is by surrendering at the lotus feet of the Lord, by chanting the holy name, by developing our taste in chanting, in hearing, in serving the Lord. So, in Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam, which are considered as the essence of all the Vedic literature. Bhagavad Gita is considered as the essence of all the Upanishads and Vedas. And Bhagavatam is the essence of all the Puranas. So in that way, both Bhagavad Gita and Bhagavatam, they are describing the essence of all the Vedic literature. And there is a discussion going on at various levels in both Bhagavad Gita and Bhagavatam. If we see in Bhagavad Gita, the discussion is going on at external level and internal level. In Bhagavad Gita, external level, the discussion is going on between Sanjay and Dhritarashtra. Dhritarashtra starts the discussion. Please tell me, what did my sons and the sons of Pandu do? Dharamakshetre, Kurukshetre, Mamakaha Pandavascha. What did my sons and the sons of Pandu do at this field of Dharamakshetre, Kurukshetre? Dhritarashtra's question was about people and about events. What these people did? And at the end, Sanjay concludes with, wherever there is Arjuna, wherever there is Krishna, there is always going to be victory. So Sanjay described the result of all that what is going to happen. So that was the discussion happening at external level. Internal level, there is a discussion happening between Arjuna and Krishna. That is the main part of this Bhagavad Gita. And it starts with Arjuna's question. Karpanya dosho pahata swabhava. Now I have lost all composures because of miserly weakness. I do not know what is my duty. Please guide me. Please instruct me. Now I am a soul surrendered unto you. So Arjuna takes shelter at the lotus feet of Krishna. His question was, please tell me what is Shreya? What is the most beneficial thing for me to do. So Krishna instruct him and what is Krishna's final instruction? So at this inner level when the discussion is happening. So Arjuna's question was about my real duty, the purpose of my life. And it ends with Krishna's answer. 
ंगर फार्मर और समथिंग ही हैज मेनी अदर धर्मा इन टर्म्स ऑफ देश धर्मा कुल धर्मा जाति धर्मा पिता धर्मा पुत्र धर्मा एंड ऑल दैट कृष्ण गिविंग अप ऑल अदर ड्यूटीज जस्ट सरेंडर अन टू मी इन भगवत गीता वी से दैट इज द डिस्कशन हैपनिंग एट टू लेवल एक्सटर्नल एंड इंटरनल एंड वट इज द essence of all this internal conversation where arjuna asks the question about real duty so ordinary mind they talk about people vitrashta was talking about people or average mind talk about events but the great minds they talk about wisdom here also in shrimad bhagavatam the same flow is going on we see in shrimad bhagavatam also the sages of nameshwaranya they are asking suta goswami various questions and suta goswami is answering their questions and at internal level parikshit maharaj is asking the question what was the question of parikshit maharaj what is the duty of somebody who is about to die or in general what is the most important duty of somebody and shukdev goswami answers that question ultimately in bhagavatam it describes the real duty of somebody who is at his deathbed or in journal so answer to parikshit maharaj's question shukdev goswami answers tasmat bharat sarvatma bhagwan ishwaro hari shrotavya kirti tavyascha smartavyascha ichata bhayam anybody who desires to become fearless abhayam Who want to achieve this fearlessness? They should hear about, talk about, and remember the supreme personality of Godhead, Bhagwan Ishwaro Hari. So that is the essence of everything of all the Vedic literature. Understanding the Supreme Lord, chanting the name of the Supreme Lord, hearing about the Supreme Lord, speaking about the Supreme Lord, remembering the Supreme Lord. and in that way shrimad bhagavatam concludes with the last verse of shrimad bhagavatam nam sankirtanam yasya sarva papa pranashanam pranamo dukha shamana tam namami harin param so two things are mentioned nam sankirtan yasya sarva papa pranashanam chanting of the holy name of that supreme lord can destroy all the sinful reactions and just paying obeisances to the supreme lord removes all the misery from life so our duty that's why in bhagavad gita also krishna says man mana bhav mad bhakto madhyaji mam namaskuru engage your mind in me man mana bhav mad bhakto become my devotee mam namaskuru pay obeisances unto me 
the two very important thing which we need to follow always paying obeisances to the supreme lord which can remove all the misery and chanting the holy name of the lord which can remove all the sinful reaction so in ajamila's case also same thing happened even though unconsciously he was not chanting consciously or for the purpose of pleasing the supreme lord but because just he chanted the holy name even though he was calling out the name of his son he got the benefit he was relieved from his sinful reaction and yamadutas were not able to understand that point how powerful is the chanting of the holy name what are the benefits or influences of chanting the holy name in bhagavatam there is another verse which says sanketyam parihasyam so even if somebody is chanting the holy name just as a for the purpose of indicating something even mocking somebody he still gets the benefit that is the power of the holy name and then what to speak of if somebody chant the holy name consciously with the purpose of pleasing the supreme lord see when we chant the holy name the purpose of chanting is not to become free from sinful reaction it is not to become peaceful to have peace of mind yes all those are side benefits all the sins are removed one gets peace of mind but the real purpose of chanting is to develop love for the supreme lord so unconscious chanting also can remove all can give the side benefits but it may not help us develop love for the supreme lord that's why in our process of sadhana there is so much focus on chanting we speak so much on chanting stress so much on chanting ultimately purpose is we should do attentive chanting so we can cross beyond the stages of anartha nivritti come to the stage of asakti bhava ruchi prem ultimately that is the goal so our chanting should be very attentive and for the purpose of pleasing the supreme lord but many time what happens is we take the chanting so casually we take the chanting that okay this is some quota on daily basis i just somehow need to do it and we say okay today i have finished my chanting i have finished of my chanting for today so as if we have murdered the chanting and we are done with chanting for today a big burden is relieved so there are so many wonderful analogies to explain that point so just imagine if krishna comes to the dream and in the dream you see krishna his dhoti is just scattered his um flute is broken his uh, peacock feather is falling off his hairs are scattered and you ask krishna what happened why are you in this situation and what if krishna tells you oh, this is how you have made me this is how you are chanting my name which are like broken scattered and shattered so we should be chanting the holy name with much attention and focus its a name is non different from the supreme lord that's why we refer to holy name also as nama prabhu so he is also chanting the holy name is a person we should consider it in that way that is non different from the supreme lord so chanting should be in that state of mind that krishna himself is dancing on the tongue when we are chanting the holy name 
if we are just chanting chanting but there is no power there is no emotion are we able to attract the mercy of the supreme lord it's just like we are not present with the holy name we are calling out to krishna but we are not attentive towards krishna just like you go to somebody's house you knock on the door you keep knocking keep knocking and the person is coming and then you are not even paying attention to the person so krishna says i am coming on your call but you are not even present there you are not even paying attention to me and then krishna goes back another example to understand is like here in summer we do lawn mowing at at lawn mowing people don't put much attention in lawn mowing they just take the lawn mower and just walk around and cut the grass it doesn't take much technique or much focus or anything there so chanting should not be like lawn mowing that oh i'm done ghas kaat diya chanting kaat diya so chanting should be done in a focused way without putting our attention into multiple activities not doing multiple tasking having fully engaged in the process of in the chanting of the holy name only at that time sometime we feel i have been chanting for so long i don't see much effect i don't see much benefit there my anarthas are still there i don't see much progress happening why is that because we have been chanting 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 but we are not attentive towards the holy name just like somebody who is uh, eating a lot but not gaining any health he is not gaining any weight and one may wonder i eat a lot but still my health is not improving my weight is not improving why because the person is suffering from something called bhasmaya rog in that way what happens bhasma bhasma means whatever you put in it becomes ashes whatever goes inside the body the, all the food the no nourishment takes place everything just become ashes that's like bhasmaya rog so our chanting also should not be like bhasmaya rog we are chanting 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 but there is no improvement we are not gaining any devotional weight so we should be very concerned about the quality of our chanting of course we need to improve the quantity prabhupada has given the process of 16 round that is the measure of our sadhana but apart from just finishing off the quantity we need to focus on the quality and to improve the quality and the of our chanting it's good to sometime discuss our sadhana with others like when you discuss with others probably my chanting is like this i am able to finish somehow my chanting but i do it scattered throughout the day so in that way when we discuss with others in that way it can help us to improve our sadhana like we discuss so many thing with other people we discuss about their health we discuss about their sometime we can discuss about our other problems in the family or our work related problems even we discuss about what is good to eat what is not good to eat we should not eat that type of food or that type of things so we we many time discuss bhojan also with others but we don't discuss our bhajan with others so we should be discussing sometime about our sadhana also because once we are in the process of chanting for some time when we have taken shelter of spiritual master when we have taken diksha 
After that, actually, nobody is coming and asking us, Prabhuji, are you chanting your 16 rounds every day? How many times have our Guru asked us, hey, are you chanting 16 rounds? Are you sure you are doing your sadhana properly? But we should be discussing our sadhana with others for the purpose of improving in our sadhana. Because that is the real essence of all the Vedic literature, to chant the holy name. Even Yamaraj in the next verses, he is going to mention that same point. The ultimate religious principle, the essence of all religious principle is to engage in the process of bhakti which starts with the chanting of the holy name. So that is the real essence. Bhagavatam is pounding on that point. And we need to become better in our sadhana. Even though we may be struggling in chanting, that's still okay. Right? Better than being a smuggler, it's better to be a struggler. Some people may be jugglers, some may be smugglers, some may be dealers. And as Sajika, we may say, oh, Prabhuji, I am still a struggler. That's still okay. If we struggle for Krishna, that's better than struggling in this material world. Somebody may think sometimes, oh, I have come to the process of Krishna consciousness, it's too much. I started earlier, devotees tell Prabhuji, chant two rounds, 15 minutes. I started with that, now they went on further, now four round, then eight round, then 12 round, then 16 round, follow the four regulative principle, now do this, do that. So many things have come up. I feel like get got stuck here. But better than, rather than getting stuck in the 8.4 million species of life, it's better to get stuck in the process of Krishna consciousness. Even if somebody comes, we may feel, oh, this is struggle. It's better, it's a good struggle to struggle for Krishna. So, <clears throat> understanding the essence of all the Vedic literature, which is to understand Krishna, develop our relationship with Krishna, and ultimately, it is chanting the holy name. See, there is sadhan, sadhana, and sadhya things. Sadhya is the ultimate goal. Sadhak is one who is doing this process of sadhana. Sadhana is the immediate, uh, the <coughs> intermediate process. For example, in the ashram of Dronacharya, when Dronacharya asked all the disciples that, okay, shoot on the eye of the bird. So the person who is engaging in the archery, he is the sadhak. Sadhana is the shooting, the shooting of the bows there. The sadhan is the bow and arrow, the archery. And sadhya is the eye of the bird. That is the ultimate goal. The same way, ultimate goal is achieving Krishna Prema. That is sadhya. Sadhan is the process of devotional service and primarily in that is Shravanam Kirtanam, hearing about Krishna, chanting the name of Krishna. So we should be very careful in this process of chanting that we are not chanting just to finish off our quota, but we are putting some energy in that. Another, just I will end with this one small story. We all know about the pastime of the Madan Mohan in Vrindavan. So Madan Mohan Diti, how the Madan Mohan Ditis were found, 
and ultimately it ended up with prashottam chobe prashottam chobe was treating madan mohan as a family member his children were playing with madan mohan ji and one day sanatan goswami visited their home and he saw how they are um, treating madan mohan and sanatan goswami instructed prashottam chobe that you should not treat madan mohan like this he is the supreme lord you should install him and properly worship him and then that night madan mohan appeared in the dream of prashottam chobe and told him now onwards i want to be worshiped by sanatan goswami and he appeared in the dream of sanatan goswami also that i want to be worshiped by you so next day when sanatan goswami went there prashottam chobe told you please take madan mohan he want to be worshiped by you and sanatan goswami said how can i worship him i live under a tree and that's also not one particular tree i just keep moving here and there under different different trees i have no resources but prashottam chobe insisted no no madan mohan want to be worshiped by you so finally sanatan goswami got madan mohan he is hanging the madan mohan deity from a tree every day whatever sanatan goswami gets in bagging some aata something he will bake that aata and make into bhati and then serve that bhati to madan mohan every day he is just serving madan mohan some plain rice chapatis and one day madan mohan madan mohan used to have these exchanges with sanatan goswami he will personally talk to sanatan goswami one day madan mohan told sanatan goswami i am very happy with you you are serving me this bhati every day but one thing i want to tell you you are serving me these bhatis but can you please add little salt to these we salt is the essence no matter how tasty the food is if you don't add the salt no matter how wonderful the preparations the sabjis are malai kofta or matar paneer or whatever but if there is no salt at all it doesn't give the essence doesn't give that taste so madan mohan is saying can you please add that salt and that salt in our chanting also we need to add that salt that salt is our attentiveness in chanting our little bhava in chanting and in that way then we can finally progress in our spiritual life then we can gain some devotional weight so this particular verse is very nicely yamaraj is explaining dharmam tu sakshat bhagavat pranitam the real religious principles are the one which are enacted by the supreme lord himself spoken by the supreme lord himself and that is taking shelter of the supreme lord as in bhagavad gita krishna is saying sarva dharman parityajya mam ekam sharanam vraja man mana bhava mad bhakto mad yaji mam namaskuru in that way we need to mold our lives in that way to become more and more sincere in the process of chanting to get the ultimate benefit of our human form of life which is a rare gift given to us if we don't utilize our human form of life but rather engage in same those materialistic activities eating mating sleeping defending which are done by animals also then there is no difference in humans and animals so understanding the rare gift of this human form of life 
utilizing it for the ultimate purpose if we don't utilize that then janya shunya vishkhaya manushya janma paya radha krishna nahi bhajaya janya shunya vishkhaya after getting human form of life if we don't worship radha and krishna we are knowingly eating poison consuming poison vishkhaya now there is vish and vishaya when somebody eat poison that can kill only one body but engaging in material enjoyment the sense enjoyment it destroys many many lifetimes because one has to go through the cycle of birth and death taining different life forms so that is more dangerous than consuming poison so we should not consume this poison knowingly but rather utilize the rare gift in service of the supreme god with that i will end here grantra shrimad bhagavatam ki jai shrila prabhupad ki jai ananta koti vaishnavrind ki jai please forgive me if i spoke anything wrong um, just as your humble servant i'm trying to speak what i have heard if anybody will like to add anything any comments any questions please feel free krishna prabhu ji dhanyavad pranam sita wonderful beautiful class prabhu ji and you explained very nicely that uh, we follow we try to follow the regulatory principle and uh, chanting process but sometimes our immediate family or uh, kids they may say it's too much uh, for us <laughs> and uh, but you explain very nicely that is better to uh, get uh, do too much um, than uh, going to 84 lakh species so i uh, this was the summary of today's class like i learned that point but sometimes they say so onion garlic they want to eat or like immediate family like for our parents they want to wear tulsi beads but uh, they don't want to really like they say that oh, we we go to relatives or like that it's very hard for them to make without onion garlic food for us so then what should they should do prabhu ji so yes mataji that's a typical scenario sometimes in the family when not everybody is practicing and following the principles the standards so we have to somehow live in that world where we have to maintain our our principles and slowly try to bring others to those standards right if not at least we have to stick with our principles that we don't want to compromise on our principles so if if other family members or let's say we visit our relatives sometime um parents or our siblings and they are not in the process they are not following everything at least we can tell them very clearly okay this is what we practice this is what we follow and we don't want to compromise on these principles so in in my case i will tell you my example is when we visit uh, our family in india uh, from my side from my wife's side so at least we have very clearly informed what we practice what we follow and they they basically um abide by that right they will during those days they will stick with those principles that okay no cooking with onion garlic or something and following those particular standards 
so with our influence with our conviction with our strong faith we can slowly slowly inspire them also and it should not be as a um strong kind of pushing them too strongly no 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 you have to do like this if you don't like this you are like cats and dogs so if we start blaspheming like that we are not in a level of proper where proper could call others as rascals and all and if we start doing that one nobody will come close to us so this guy is a fanatic or something so we have to deal at various levels sometime we have to go to their level to make them understand uh not going to their level means that okay we can also eat all sort of thing that's not the meaning of going to their level but getting to their level of uh, consciousness and then slowly bringing them up by directly indirectly telling them the the faults behind all these uh, materialistic activities so we continue to eat whimsically what are the results of that sometimes people may not understand from the spiritual point of view but then some people are more health conscious some people are more environment conscious so they may understand they may relate more from those point of view so we have to just understand what to relate to somebody and try to explain to them from that point from that angle i have seen some people they ultimately give up eating these things from health point of view or they stop eating non veg from environmental point of view right how much it is harmful to the environment and all that so we have to just slowly bring them up yes sir uh yeah we do quickly like we don't eat any onion garlic or like that but for them like parents they want to wear full mm-hmm. seat but uh, and they eat no in garlic with us but when they go to india that time they mm-hmm. say that oh how can i tell other to make so in that case do they want to can we allow them to wear tulsi neck bead or how prabhu ji i have heard mixed responses in that mataji because uh, this question come many times um i will say it's still okay to wear neck beads at least they are not eating non veg and all uh onion garlic some people i have seen many people they wear also and uh, it's considered as okay that slowly they will come to that point uh, where they can give up completely yeah okay yeah because in maharashtra uh, all varkari sampradaya they also wear tulsi neck beads but they don't repeat mm-hmm. it garlic so that's in their mind right oh they do like this in why <laughs> like this. so we try to explain them about the satya mood and everything but yeah still sometimes uh, they have some things in their mind and you know the parents they whatever they feel they do so yes, and yeah. it's more of power of association also right here when they are here let's say you are seeing your parents are here they are in a proper association they meet see other devotees also so in the association it becomes easy to follow and uh, back there in india if they are not in a proper devotee association 
then they get under influence of other people what they see others doing and so association is really important i have seen that in my family also uh, because if they are not in a proper devotee association there then it's very difficult to follow all the principles all the standards so our uh, effort should be maybe to plug them into the proper devotee association yeah thank you so much guruji hari krishna hari hari krishna prabhu ji dhanvat pranam i have a situation like that and ultimately they they give up me instead of give, giving up other uh, material activities material food material things which uh, it hurts me instead of they give up completely to me in that situation mm-hmm. what should i do sorry mate i did not understand sorry did not understand your question completely you are saying they give up meat but they are not uh-huh. able to give up ad- mean they they uh, i was going their house my brother's house mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. and uh, they were welcoming me and they when my mother was alive they mm-hmm. doing everything uh, and i try to give them a krishna conscious you should give up give the food to krishna and they have deities and all that but they mm-hmm. don't follow all regulated principles i said okay that's fine i'll offer and i eat they did not like it they said okay mm-hmm. if you are not uh, happy uh, with us you don't we offer food uh, to man or mind and you should and do the same thing you cannot do the puja in the house and you cannot do uh, things and some my friend brought the prasadam it was a so much chaos in the house i have to leave and they since then they did not talk to me they did not uh, any phone calls looks like they they are done with me hmm. in that situation what is my duty is my brother's hmm. house <laughs> and i i really really uh, feeling they don't want me to enter their house or it is a very difficult situation so there are multiple aspects to this matter let me tell you a couple of things here um uh-huh. thing is people who, who even though they may be our close relatives and all Uh, uh-huh. we have to understand so here here comes the principles of bhagavad gita right what was arjuna's situation arjuna was looking from the bodily platform bodily point of view i don't want to uh, kill my relatives and all that because ultimately they are my relatives how can i do all that to them and we are also in that situation many time we think oh these are my brothers my sisters my relatives how i can stop talking to them or how when there is a uh, this thing when we have we are very clear about our goal we want to move towards that goal 
which is yes. developing love for Krishna, and other people may not see that particular vision, that said particular goal, and they may not align with our goal. So, what is our duty at that time? And Krishna in Bhagavad Gita, what does Krishna says? One should not lament for something which is not worthy of lamentation. That was Krishna's first instruction to Arjuna. When Krishna started speaking to Arjuna, he says, um, I will try to open up that verse, chapter 2, text number 10 or 11. Hmm. And I, 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 I explain that uh, to them. Yeah. Here is Bhagavad Gita, this is the shloka, and we follow this uh, principle. They don't so I, understand that. Right, right. That is the level of conditioning, right? Everybody has a different level of conditioning from so many birth times. When they see somebody, as long as somebody is seen as fulfilling their needs and desires, they see it as their friend. But as soon as somebody is becoming an obstacle in their enjoyment, they see that person as their enemy. I will tell you one example here. See, if uh, you are speaking to somebody always about Krishna, 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 and they think, oh, this person, all he is going to do, he or she is going to do is just speak about Krishna, he has nothing else to say, nothing else has to do, and people automatically want to keep a distance from that person, because they see that person as obstacle to their enjoyment. Mm -hmm. it, could, it could be any outside people also, it could be our own family, close family members also. So Krishna is telling in Bhagavad Gita to Arjuna, Ashochyan and Vashochaswam Pragyavadhamsya Bhashate Gatasuna Gatasuncha Nanushotanti Pandita that you are speaking that, oh, they all will be gone. You are speaking like very learned words, mourning for what is not worthy of grief. Mm -hmm. So we have to understand, not this body, we are the spirit soul. We have come into all these various relationships as per this bodily designation. And people come in our life and go. They come and go. In this particular life, we are born from one particular father and mother. We have got a particular set of family members, relatives. We develop friendship with various people. But in, in this life also, we can have that experience that our friends change throughout our life. In, when you were in your elementary school, you had different set of friends. Then you go to middle school or high school or college. We make friends at different levels. And we may not even know many of them now. We may not be in touch with many of them now. So people come and go in our life, within this life also. And same way when we change bodies, again people change in our lives. So yes, it is when we are in relation with somebody, when we are in touch with somebody, we develop some mutual bonding, some affection towards other people. Uh, it is natural when we lose somebody. But ultimately, we should understand that everybody has their baggage and they are going to act based on that. Now, in your particular situation, even if they are not inviting to come, you can still try to call them occasionally, try to visit them on particular occasions. 
not get into too much of that okay i do this i do this i do this i have to do like that just be a normal person in front of them just try to give them little bit you can prepare bhoga or food from your home offer it to krishna and take them oh, i cooked this thing for you today so i just brought something for you uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be at their home if they don't like that so we can try to be in touch with them on occasion basis and just try to give them little krishna consciousness in terms of giving them some prasad so these are some some practical tips there Only that's what I did. That <laughs> that that did not work either. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if that also, if they don't like that also, that you bring some food for them, it's basically then just try to keep distance and follow or just talk to them casually on certain occasions. Mm-hmm. Try to invite them to temple on special occasions like then. or some other festival days yes that's what i that's what i was thinking good so you clarify me thank you veruji thank you okay hari krishna thank you hari krishna hari krishna prabhuji dhanyawad pranam all grace to propal Uh, thank you for this nice class it was so nice and enlightening this this being a, such a nice and uh, important and wonderful verse uh, like uh, there are so many philosophies in in this uh, uh, world of demons they they have their own uh, thousand philosophies and uh, some uh, like uh, and especially the modern day scientists there's no there's no god everything is is energy everything is matter or energy so this is a mm-hmm. nice verse that dharmam uh, sakshat bhagavat pranitam so the creators uh, if the creator rules are violated somebody has to uh, that person has to pay for it so right so so such a and that uh, that uh, that uh, um very very uh, i mean i mean i mean uh, that wrong philosophy the very um, um uh, uh culprit philosophy of jotomat tatapa that has actually dealt a very uh, solid uh, uh, damage to the sanatana right uh, right uh, sanatan culture and dharma in, in india and elsewhere and uh, so uh, so uh, so these these verses especially this was uh, very clear that what is dharma dharma artha kamoksha may be one and the, but jatamat uh, at one level jatamat uh, tatva is never never uh, the right philosophy uh, and uh, again again established to bhagavad gita verses and this one as i prove i i have uh, uh, one question regarding uh, uh, the uh, playing with the uh, playing with the uh, and the uh, uh, deity dolls so sometimes uh, mm. we give uh, uh, the dolls uh, to the uh, deity dolls uh, some lord ram hanuman ji balram ji sometimes in lord krishna radhani mm-hmm. also 
to the uh, to our children to play so uh, uh, is that uh, uh, what precautions you need to take and uh, the lord feeds offended that the devotees feel the, the those devotees whose deities uh, uh, they, uh, they they feel offended or what we should do so i know um, we have this concept of deity dolls where <clears throat> children are encouraged okay rather than playing with all these nonsense figures as spiderman and this that what not better to give them the deity dolls so they learn to relate with the deities and they start taking care of them right they start imitating their parents basically parents are serving the deities and they have their own set of dt dolls so they can imitate them okay taking them in the lap or feeding them or even playing them so it's okay let them do do their plaything with the dt dolls the only thing we can do is okay don't throw them on the floor don't keep them lying around here on the floor like some other objects <clears throat> so they should be taught little responsibility in how to keep the things um better to keep them on proper shelf or table or something don't just throw here and there apart from that it's okay let them hold the dt dolls and walk around or like other normal play things so it's okay at least it's imparting some values into them to deal with dts at least they are remembering krishna they are remembering the various forms of the lord in that way हरे कृष्ण प्रभु जी मैदान प्रणाम टू यू शिल प्रपात की जय गुरु महाराज की जय सो वंडरफुल क्लास यू ऑलवेज टेक अस टू द फ्लैश बैक एंड देन यू नो प्रेजेंट वर्ड्स एंड देन देर सो मच वी लर्न अबाउट चैंटिंग एंड सो मेनी अदर थिंग्स यू मैंशन इट इज वेरी इन लाइवनिंग आई जस्ट वॉन्ट टू मैंशन फ्यू पॉइंट्स फॉर अन्नपूर्णा माता जी द क्वेश्चन शी आस्ट because i face a lot mm-hmm. of uh, things you know so one is like you know they say in the material world that a son is your own till he is not married i don't know how much it is mm-hmm. <laughs> applicable to the uh, you know because you know once he gets my grandfather my nana ji used to say this ke because he had three sons and two daughters he would always tell uh, you know and then uh, one of his uh, daughters has two daughters that is me and my sister so and then uh, so my ma- mother was the only one who had two daughters so he would always say that you are very lucky that you have two daughters because you don't because as a as a mother you'll get attached to your son and that the son will change colors once the wife comes and then there'll be struggle and then you'll be unhappy you know so mm. that's one way to look at it like i was thinking for mata ji like you know her uh, uh, it's sad that all the devotees can pray for the departed souls her mother actually passed away sometime back i don't know the date but mata ji had mentioned to me and uh, then you know like uh, obviously uh, uh, you know the uh, the son and the uh, the daughter her bhabhi is like kind of has taken over you know and she was discussing with me and i was not able to tell her this point but i think among association of devotees coming out like uh, the second thing is that you know we have to understand that all the negative we face like mataji was very emotional about this uh, situation with the brother and 
वी हैव टू अंडरस्टैंड दैट वट इज कमिंग लाइक यू नो वी से अच्छा हमारे को वेल्थ वगैरह ये सब जो मिला है इट इज कम फ्रॉम दिकॉज ऑफ गुड कर्मज इन द प्रीवियस लाइफ ना सम ऑफ द बैड कर्मज ऑल्सो वी हैड सो मे बी वी वर सम वे लाइक सम वे अलॉन्ग द लाइन यू नो नॉट बिहेविंग लाइक अ गुड सिस्टर टू अ ब्रदर यू नो so then what happens is that this time we got a body of a sister and then the brother is not maybe there was a younger brother and i'm the elder sister 8 10 years elder and i did not believe uh, behave nicely with my brother in my, in my previous life so i was very rude to him or maybe whatever so what happens that comes in this life but if our thought process like uh, shri prabhupada has given us such a thing that uh, i remember he was mentioning somewhere that even if your husband is not a devotee you know even if he is not following regulation principles do not desire for a devotee husband just desire only one thing go back to godhead so our desire has mm. to be very focused on that only because a lot of things we will face here with spouse with family with other people but our focus is like you know i mean proper family itself his wife was you know not following all the regulations she was taking um, uh, like uh, i mean she used to have a lot of tea and i don't know what other things but uh, like uh, then she didn't uh, disregarded you know the books and all and i think she sold them there's also i heard about that i didn't personally read from leelamrit but yeah so it was like she was not complying to the process of bhakti like you know but still prabhupad was adamant you know like his example is so this thing so i wanted to mention that uh, in spite of the situations that come up because and in the material world people are not following so suddenly you know there'll be one death like i know in my family too like my grandfather died and suddenly you know my uh, uh, like my mommy you know she took charge and she wouldn't let anyone she put locks everywhere because her husband is in police so you know she behaved like in a very very neurotic way and everybody in the family was so much in distress uh, you know because uh, uh, it's like uh, people are so materialistic and they and like you mentioned uh, prabhu ji like they feel insecure you know so like even if mata ji was preparing preparing something in the kitchen for some reason she felt no 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 i should not otherwise you know the sister will come and stay with us people in the material world don't want to uh, they only want to connect to the husband and children they don't want to connect to you know they don't realize age is getting older it is good if we have like our brother sisters or our husband's brother sisters close by at least someone is there everybody is like getting actually from single to uh, you know more single alone only so all these things are there but my main point i want to mention was that uh, if um, mata ji would connect this to uh, you know take the whole situation on one's own head and think of it that like you know i have to just kind of tolerate you know there like three times tolerate only tolerate only there's nothing else and uh, you know just uh, whenever and, and just be nice to them because they are not nice so you know they have to learn what is being nice from a devotee they have to learn to see the happiness what devotees face they have to learn the smile on a devotee you know they like everybody is giving artificial smiles now they smile and then their lips are twilled again you know like it's not like a, a like um, coming from the heart so um, yeah we just have to cope up with it you know and uh, because uh, we have to learn from devotees um, all this beautiful things we learn you know from shila prabhupad's movement and we just have to give it to them we don't have to expect anything from them because what can we expect they already in the cycle of birth and death they want to enjoy this world so you know just let them do what they do but then yeah sometimes you have to meet these people and uh, you know like um, uh, so just uh, some thoughts i thought i'll be shared mataji and i will talk to her offline also 
So thank you, Prabhuji, for yes. the wonderful class. And uh, Prabhuji, one thing you mentioned, uh, you know, about chanting. So, like, uh, the thing is that um, that thing is always there. We have to finish our rounds. Sixteen rounds have mm. to finish. And uh, when we are done, I just go and hang my mala and I tell myself, okay, my rounds are done now, you know. So then sometimes I think, I think I got, I didn't do two rounds properly. So, okay, in the evening I will do two more. You know, as if I'm like doing a very big favor to Krishna. Okay, you know, Krishna, see, I've chanted my round. I'm so great. So that bhav is still there. I mean, for me, it doesn't go at all. Every date is like this only. And uh, it's not like um, 16 rounds are done and then, you know, let me do five, six rounds more or I really missing chanting. So I don't know, like, because, you know, like somebody was mentioning that, like how Lord Chaitanya would cry for Krishna. But, you know, we are so, like, for, I'm just talking about myself. So, uh, like, I don't know how many previous births I've taken. Somehow Krishna allowed to, uh, you know, uh, you know, come to me every day, every day and somehow purify me through chanting. But the heart is so hard, the heart is so hard that it's, it's like, you know, uh, that I want to chant doesn't come. Mm. I have to chant come. I have to chant. Oh, it's like, you know, before 10, I have to finish. So, can you uh, help in that, Prabhuji? Yeah, that is the whole situation, right? So, we are always in the state of, I have to chant today. I have to finish my rounds today. We need to come from that phase. So, Mahatma Prabhu, um, many of you may know Mahatma Prabhu. He speaks a lot on Japa, Japa talks and all. So he mentioned, right, we have to move from the stage of I have to chant to I need to chant to I want to chant to I love to chant. So we have to slowly progress through these stages. Right now, we may be still in the stage of, oh, I have to chant. Now, in terms of your question, what you are saying is that, okay, we feel like, um, okay, I finished my chanting today, but I feel like I did not do it properly. So if I do two extra rounds also, I feel like I have done a big favor. So it, it's not like that, actually. What is that? It's our, it's a, it's a situation of our capacity, how much capacity we have. For example, in temple, we do various services, right? There are various services, and everybody has their set of service there in the temple. Um, somebody is doing Rajbhog cooking service, and somebody is doing maybe the evening cooking service. So when they are done with their Rajbo cooking service, they leave everything. They just finish off their service, wipe up the count, wipe up the counter and all, and they leave to their home. So they have done their seva, which was allocated to them. Uh, as long as we are doing our that seva seriously or sincerely, right? So we cannot say, oh no, no, see, there is so much more service in the temple, and oh, I feel guilty. I should have done that also and this also. It is just the nature of what capacity we have, how much um, physical capability or um, mental capability we have. The same way we should see chanting also. We should see chanting as seva, nama seva. That okay, this chanting of 16 round is my seva for today. Rather than saying, oh, I'm done with chanting today. I finished my chanting today. We can say, I have done my Nam Seva for today and now I pray to Krishna please give me opportunity to chant one more time and please allow me to chant tomorrow also so if we develop that mode 
then we can come in the right state of consciousness. We are doing this also as service. Chanting is also a service. <clears throat> so treating it as Nama Seva. So that mood should help. Yes, Prabhuji. Thank you so much for saying that. And one more thing I want to ask you uh, is like, uh, like for me also doing two rounds take me 15 minutes. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's like each round eight minutes. So it goes to 16 minutes like that also. So suppose I so, know that I have like, uh, you know, eight rounds left or six rounds left. So generally what I do, I keep a, a like a... Um, I mean, I keep like a watch, a digital watch, not the other one. So mm -hmm. all the time I'm seeing, oh, it's 7.15 now, okay. So by 8 o'clock I'll finish, you know, this uh, six rounds. So then I'm constantly looking at the time also. Okay, like I've taken nine minutes in this round. So there's too much, I should go a little faster, you know. So mm -hmm. I don't know, but then what happens, the, the, the digital watch helps me because then I'm focused in the sense that I'm trying, trying to concentrate, but I'm also seeing that I don't go too slow. I don't go up to 9 minutes, 10 minutes, and also I'm not going super fast, 6 minutes, like 7, 8 mm -hmm. minutes is good. But then I'm always concentrating, well, 15 minutes I should have done 2 rounds. So always this watch is there in front of me, but then I don't look at my phone, I don't look anywhere else. So is that okay? Uh, that's okay, Mataji. I mean, at least we are conscious of time. Time is also Krishna's energy. So, <clears throat> so you see it from that point of view that I don't want to rush too much that oh, I'm done chanting in five minutes. One round is done. I'm trying to finish up my quota. So 12 round in one hour. So see, I have finished off my chanting in one and a half hour. So I'm done. So that is also kind of chanting in the mode of passion, right? So chanting can also be in goodness, passion or ignorance also. So we want to do chanting in the proper consciousness. So being um, careful about the time is okay. And Generally, I also check my um, wristwatch when I finish chanting one round to make sure I did not uh, eat up some of the mantras. I did not finish off chanting in five minutes or something. So just to keep a watch on that one. So it, okay. it, it should be okay. Okay, Prabhuji. One more thing, Prabhuji. What happens sometimes is the mind is so tricky. We are chanting and it seems like it's a round in the and we take out the bead and check, you know. We check, oh, we just halfway through. Itne der mein half round hi hua because then the mind is like, I've seen the mind is loitering here and there, so it's going slow. But then when it's concentrated, we don't even know how quickly. That seven minutes has mm. uh, gone like very fast. So, but still the tendency is there. How to avoid uh, even taking out the mala and checking whether it's halfway through or, you know, <laughs> three-fourth or right. through or what? Is there a way I can stop that? I don't know, maybe it's, it's offensive also to do that. I tell myself, don't do it. But again, I, you know, uh, keep checking. You have to maybe for the round a, to take a check my mala in between that uh, to see how much is done. Just basically being focused on chanting. Rompan Mara says, one mantra at a time. Right? Chanting one mantra that as if this is my last mantra I'm going to chant. So, Chanting in that consciousness will help and uh, taking a pledge, taking a vow to yourself, I'm not going to look at my beads to see how much it is done. We just focus on chanting on the sound vibration. 
yes, sitting with devotees, sitting with devotees to chant that helps. That uh, then we don't want to do all these sort of things and just focus on chanting. Mm-hmm. Whenever possible to sit with devotees. Nowadays, I know we are relying more on uh, virtual japa calls and all, but that is nowhere closer to sitting in person with other devotees. If there is any opportunity. Yes, Prabhuji. The last question I want to ask is, like sometimes we're chanting, somebody will interrupt, and automatically we will say we want to give the answer. You know, like uh, they're saying something. It's like urgent. I'm leaving. I wanted the answer, and I'm chanting. So if I answer that time, so then should I? Mm-hmm. And obviously, I'm, I have I've stopped with that bead, and then I'm answering to whoever is asking. But then uh, uh, in the middle of the chanting. Like you said, each mantra, I have spoken some other word. Yeah, yeah, I know that thing mm-hmm. is kept or something I said. And uh, so then do I start the round again or should I kind of continue? So again, that's uh, different answers by different people to different people. It depends on your uh, time situation also, how much time you have. At least the, the standard, which minimum standard which we need to follow is we are not doing call and response in Japa in the sense when we are chanting, somebody else is speaking and when they are speaking or when they are chanting, we are speaking. Like sometimes it happens between devotees also, right? They start talking. So when one person is speaking, the other person is continuing chanting. And when this person is answering, the other person is chanting. So it should not be like that. So if there is a urgent need of conversation, so we should just pause and finish our conversation if something urgently needs to be conveyed and then continue with chanting. Not that you continue moving the malas also, moving the beads also while speaking to somebody. Then it becomes like multiple tasking, right? You are trying to move the beads also and chanting or talking to somebody also. So at least just pause and finish your urgent conversation, what message you need to convey and then continue where you left. If some people follow very strict process that they start from the beginning of that mala, of that round, if they had a conversation in between. So again, it's a personal preference and based on your time availability. Yes, Prabhuji. And I feel that when we start again, say we've already gone through half mala, then... um, it's like we are doing uh, 16 minimum round, we're going beyond that. So that's another way to, you know, take it like, yeah, okay, yeah. More is okay, right? More than marriage. So if somebody is chanting extra malas or extra mantras, it's, there's no harm. It's always better. Yes. And also whether we, intra- we want, say we want, something came in our mind and we want to say, uh, say that thing before we forget. So we speak out or somebody else is expecting us to answer. So both ways, it's like a distraction only. See, see now you are speaking about talking to somebody. But we are talking to ourselves also all the time. Right? Mm-hmm. Does it make any difference then? If, if you talk to somebody or otherwise you are talking to yourself, your mind is continuously talking to you. So that talk is going on. We just need to pause that talk. We need to at the higher level, we need to stop the talk within with ourselves also, with our mind. So as 
whatever thoughts are coming in the mind sometime it's recommended that you can pause and maybe just write down your mind is again and again bombarding something oh you need to finish this thing you need to finish that thing um this is very urgent make sure you do that so at that time what we can do is note down that so that i don't forget that i need to do this task and tell your mind okay i have made a note of this i promise i will do this for sure once i'm done with chanting so let's right now focus on chanting i promise i will do this i will take care of this thing so it could be same thing while dealing with the third person or it could be same thing while dealing with our own mind also yes prabhuji thank you so much prabhuji like for uh, you know like uh, it's just that uh, you know uh, it becomes very scary sometimes that um, we have to the last uh, the 10 you know inattentive chanting the tenth offense i always feel okay mm-hmm. today also added inattentive chanting only what to do when will i come to attentive chanting <laughs> always i'm thinking like that mm-hmm. yeah thank you so much prabhu ji for the wonderful class in your association hari krishna okay hari krishna thank you okay if no other question come in we can end it here Hare Krishna Hare Krishna Chamara Sikamati Okay we are obeisance